where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Today we're going to be talking about episode 13 of season 2. I'm James. And I'm John. And today this episode is Battle of the Exes. Yes, it aired on the 5th of January 1984. First episode of 1984, new year, new episode. Tends to be how it works. (laughs) And this episode was written by Ken Esten and Sam Simon. You know, I think they've done a really good job with this one. I think this is, as they'd say in the uh, baseball field, they knocked it out of the park. Yes, they did. But let's let's start where it uh, begins with the cold opening. Diane and Coach are complaining about Sam telling Diane she should be more spontaneous. She tries to book a remote resort to surprise him, but there's a twist. A 1984 twist. What's First the... twist of the year. What's the, what's the twist? Sam's already been there, and uh... he has a usual... Room. Yeah, then she's she's keen to just go to anywhere Sam hasn't been. Sam's been around. There's quite a nice quote as well with um, Coach saying about the inn. Diane, if you're looking for a place to stay, there's a lovely little inn up in Vermont my wife and I used to drive to all the time. What inn? In our station wagon. <laughs> there's another classic joke from Coach, just misunderstanding what people actually mean. It's perfect. That does sort of set up the episode for something which will continue through, which is this idea that Sam and Diane are planning to go away somewhere of the weekend. But once we enter the main episode, we find out that there's something else going on in uh, Carla's life, mm. which takes priority for the episode. Yes. We're introduced to two members of the Tortelli family, or one member and one member to be. Yes. But this time, it's not one of Carla's children, but is the father of... <laughs> Nick. The, the elusive Nick. Panther-tattooed Nick. Who, who has enough body hair that Diane thought it was pyjamas. Yeah. <laughs> But he's, he's in town and he's getting married. And Carla is invited to the wedding, which she doesn't really want to go to. She feels like uh, Nick is just doing it to kind of get back at her, throw it in her face. Which seems pretty true. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, once we get to the end of the episode. It's a very good episode. And it goes through a lot of... Very character-driven. Very, very character-driven. And uh, something which I did like was there was almost a callback to the guard dog where... In previous episodes, Coach put a guard dog in the office. Now, Carla's in the office guarding her feelings. And every time someone goes in, they return back out with their jumper pulled over their heads. You'll notice most of the cast are wearing jumpers. Well, Sam, that's a nice uh, sweater. Any reason? No. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not to do with Carla. Wardrobe had a task to fill. More sweaters than Twin Peaks. (laughs) There's also a psychiatrist who comes in. Oh, yes. Talks a good talk, but once he goes into the room, like everyone else, he comes back out with a sweater over his head. I'm a psychiatrist. Never mind the sweater. I'll be fine. <laughs> once Diane goes in, because Diane and Carla have actually put quite a good friendship, Diane goes in and is able to talk to Carla and find out what is going on. And it is that Nick is remarrying. He's marrying someone called Loretta, which is, I'd say, as different from Carla in quite a few ways. Tall and blonde. Tall, blonde. But also, I'd say not very quick-witted. Carla's on it. Carla bites back. She does. Loretta's, uh, I don't think she, at this point, has opinions about anything. She is only first episode now, but she had very few dialogue and seemed to abide. Yeah, just, just sort of followed followed Nick in the in the later half of the episode when she does appear. But as a resolution to make Carla feel better, um, Diane suggests maybe she should go to the wedding and bring someone with her to show Nick that she's moved on as well. Yeah, obviously, we've hypothesised this before person is Sam. Take somebody and pretend he's your fella. Someone who'll make Nick jealous. Ooh, that's good. Someone tall, 
handsome. A hunk. Maybe Sam. <gasps> Great idea. I'm saved. She was going to say maybe Sam knows someone. Yeah. But Carla, as soon as she heard what she thought was permission, ran with it. I ran out of the room and asked Sam. Yeah. Sam was hesitant at first until Nick came in and was kind of saying, Loretta's so much better than you, Carla. And Sam was like, yeah, but I'm better than you. Whoa. Fight and talk. Yeah, it's fight and talk. And Nick's like, you and Sam, I don't believe it. (laughs) And this postpones Sam and Diane's weekend a little bit, but it means that Sam is going to go to the wedding with Carla. They both look really nice when they're dressed up. Smart. I was watching The Good Place. Tell you what, Ted Danson, still now, put him in a nice suit. Shapes up well, does your boy Ted Danson. (laughs) So as you say, Nick and um, Loretta show up and Nick kind of rubs it in Carla's face. Sam steps in, they go into the wedding and they have a great time. They they have a really good time. And Carla's never been happier. I think she's glad she went. Sam kept putting his arm around me, hugging me, whispering in my ear. (laughs) So did Nick notice? Notice? During the ceremony, he threw the ring at us and yelled, Pay attention! (laughs) (laughs) However the intentions were, you know, probably not the best of intentions to go just to wind up the other person. But, I mean, Carla did wind up Nick a lot. It worked. Should we talk about who played Nick? Yeah. And Loretta and everyone. Dan Hedea as Nick Tortelli. He also played Joseph Canellian in three episodes of St. Elsewhere. Ralph McAfee in four episodes of Hill Street Blues, Vincenzo Castigliani in Mulholland Drive, Red in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Detective Dix in two episodes of Gotham, and Vincent Vella in three episodes of Blue Bloods. I don't know, he's in stuff so recent. Don't remember which one was Red in Fantastic Beasts, but... He was in it. Yeah. Jean Cassem is Loretta Tortelli. Among other roles, she also played Tall Woman at Party in Ghostbusters. (laughs) What a role. Oof. Tall woman at party. Man, man, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> I landed the role. Which role? Tall woman at party. Congratulations, Loretta. You're a star. I don't know why her mother sounded like a, a star from Friends. Don't know either. <laughs> you gotta be huge. <laughs> Alan Williams played Dr. Paul Kendall, psychiatrist. He also played Lieutenant Dan Cook, USN in two episodes of Magnum P.I. and Lieutenant Pryor in the 1982 MASH episode Bombshells. Uh, of course, um, both Dan Hedaya and uh, Gene Kesson both appeared in the Tortellis as well, the spin-off show to Cheers, but uh, it was short-lived, so I'm guessing yeah. not great. We do have a nice little trivia about one of the other barflies, though. Jacqueline Castle is back. Okay. She played female customer number two mm. in the last episode. This time she plays customer number one. Whoa, this is this is where she got the part. She's going up in the world, John. You wait. She'll have a name. Yeah, we'll see Jackie. We've talked about the guest cast. We've talked about how the episode uh, set up. And while Sam and Carla are at Nick's wedding with Loretta, Diane has gone home to pack for this weekend away with Sam. Now, there was the twist. This episode has two twists. One, Sam's already been to every resort. Two, they come back from the wedding and uh, something interesting happens. I feel it was fan service, perhaps. I feel because it's a new year, maybe a new plotline has emerged. Should we reveal to the audience what happened? Yeah, you can go for it, James. A big twist. They come back from the bar and having a nice time, and they've sent Coach and Norman Cliff home. Just Sam and Carla, and they have some coffee, and you know, Carla's feeling a bit 
mournful, you know, that Nick's jealous, but she knows that what Nick has is real, and with her and Sam, it's all of a sudden. There's a standoff with Nick as well. Nick and Loretta come to the bar. Nick talks to Carla and says that he wants her back, and Carla can see through him and realise that the only reason he wants her is because he can't have her when she's with, or he thinks she's with Sam. Who is a tall, attractive man. Mm. So she kind of sends Nick back in, which is good. He decides to stay with Loretta after trying to get Carla back. <laughs> corners of your mouth i don't know what it is but every time i looked at you today i said to myself carla it's not so bad <laughs> maybe i was making a mistake yeah so then it's sam and carla left and it's quite a vulnerable scene they just have a chat really and as you said carla says that what nick has is real what she had today wasn't it's interesting what starts off as a it is a sitcom trope Let's pretend we're a couple to please or to get an emotive reaction out of someone else. Mm. Whether that's your mother's coming round, I haven't got a partner, okay, I'll pretend to be your boyfriend to please your mother, or, or what they've done here where, oh, my ex-partner's doing well, I want to show to them mm. I'm doing well. It is a sitcom trope. Let's not pretend it isn't. But what Cheers did well at the end was they managed to actually play the emotional thing of it beyond it being just a farce. We didn't yeah. actually see the wedding. We didn't yeah. see what could have been a farcical episode. We saw how it affected these characters and their emotions. It's refreshing. And then Sam and Carla kiss. They do. Look like quite emotional mm. kiss. I don't think it was one which was done purely out of lust on either of their parts. I think it was one where they genuinely cared for each other. It was something beyond just physical attraction there. And it was a very character-driven moment. And quite a powerful one in the episode. We've been together all afternoon and all over each other. It's just a natural thing to do. That wasn't it. Well, what was it? It was a pity kiss. <laughs> I've gotten them, I've given them, and I know what they are. So have I, and that wasn't one. Then what was it? Well, maybe we just wanted to find out what it would be like. And they ask how it was for each other, and Carla says she's had better. Which shows how she's kind of staying strong at it kind of thing. She's a strong-willed lady, is Carla. But what really got me was when Sam said he hadn't. Because that was a surprise. We knew that Carla liked Sam. We've seen episodes before where clearly has feelings for Sam. We never really saw any possibility of them being reciprocated. But when Sam said he hadn't had a better kiss... I thought, maybe this is something they're actually setting up now. And as I said, it's come 1984. It's halfway through the season. Could this be the mid-season twist which carries the show forward? But they do have a handshake after. And uh, Carla says it's the best handshake she's had. I think she's hurting inside, though. I think it was a bittersweet ending for Carla. And even my housemate, who hadn't seen Cheers before, watching it, could see that the little one, mm. Carla, was in love with what they refer to as 80s Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> It's evident how there's an unreciprocated love there. Mm. And that's why it's such a bittersweet ending. What Carla does say, though, is that her, Sam and Diane had joined up and were able to make another human being eat their own liver in reference to Nick and making him miserable. Which I think that's really is what Cheers is about. It's about people coming together. It's about that community. And since we're broadcasting this episode on Thanksgiving, we'll be honest, we don't celebrate it this side of the pond, but we'd be fools not to do this episode without mentioning it. This is, uh, see what the characters are thankful for. And I think they're thankful for friendship. 
That's it. They're thankful for the friendship they have. And Carla, although she may be in love with Sam, realizes intellectually that possibility of being more is not really something that can happen. At least not now. He's with Diane. I think what she's aware of as well is that in a situation like that, her friends did set aside what they had going on and they made sure that Carla was going to be all right. Mm. And Sam went to the wedding and they postponed their weekend to the evening to make sure that she was all right. Ah, it's some Thanksgiving mail. Thanksgiving mail? That's what I'm thankful for. Do you want to start with this one, James? Yeah, I've got a few. Who told Diane about the 200-year-old country in hidden on an island off the coast of Maine that you have to be ferried to? Who told her about it? Very niche question, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I know Coach recommended some, Norm recommended some, but Norm's I don't think was ferried to. Neither was Coach's, so I'm going to go Cliff. No, it is a classmate in her Samoan literature class. Ah, no, I wouldn't have got that. In this episode, Carla lists some of Sam's favourite things. Can you name any of them? Rat parts, hot dogs, fast women. Oh, no. I am referencing episode two, Sam's women. Am I talking about this episode? His favourite colour is included in this. His hobbies and his favourite food. His favourite food is Chinese, I know that. It's Chinese. His hobby? Fishing. Sailing. Ah, uh, both of them walk. And his favourite colour? Diane's eyes. You know what colour they say are. that, it would be smooth. He, he doesn't. That's a spoiler <laughs> for you. Blue, James. Blue. It was blue. Did she also say his taste in women is not what it used to be? Yes, she did. Yeah. <laughs> what does Sam know about Carla? Her favourite meal is chicken nuggets. Yeah. Her hobby is drawing Albert Hare on the models in Vogue. And her favourite movie is Lady in the Tramp. There we go. Lady in the Tramp again. Carla cries when they eat spaghetti. We talked about Lady in the Tramp back in the episode Just Three Friends. She would have been crying at that episode then. And what else does Sam know about Carla? I don't know. Related to her faith. Oh, she still goes to church. She goes to mass every Sunday. And yet this was a guess on his behalf, wasn't it? He had a hunch. But I think that says a lot about Carla, because she's quite quick-witted and snaps back to people. Yeah. But she is a woman of faith then. Yeah, and she's quite a superstitious person as well, mm. which I think probably comes back to that faith. There's a lot of symbology and a lot of rituals in a lot of religions. So something as simple as spilt salt, which shoulder you throw over. Mm. Even that, you know, is related to faith. And I think a lot of Carla's character is driven by what she believes is the best thing to do according to Catholicism. Mm. This question is slightly in line with tradition. What is a Tortelli tradition of the groom and groomsman during a wedding? They have their flies undone? They have their flies undone. Do you know why? They see it as a sign of virility or... Fertility. Fertility. Yeah. Don't know why. Just a Tortelli thing. Sam and Carla and Diane are all away. There's only one person left in Cheers who's working. It's Coach, which means he does the calculating how much money was taken at Cheers yeah. that evening. And, you know, Norm double checks it. How far off are his calculations? Isn't something like 15 grand? 16 grand. Big amount. But it's better than what he did previously. 20, 30,000? <laughs> 16. Hey! <laughs> Way to go, guy. You're bucking for a promotion here. Ah. If it happens, it happens. That's a big amount for a night. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. How much is Cheers taken in? Yeah. Either he was overestimated or he underestimated, in which case they were breaking it in for one evening. Think about it. Beer was, what, $3? If he's 16 grand under, that means that much he's, he's mispaid on every sale. They'll need the will from last week. Mm. So shame Sam burnt it. Final question. A woman argues that Sam uh, wasn't the best looking guy in the bar and that she says it was Clifford Clavin. Ah, 
said he, he was a great looking guy who used to drink there but she was mistaken much to Cliff's chagrin who did, did she actually think of and they said that that person looked like Tyrone Power it was someone else called Cliff yep the surname was different though yeah yeah. Clifton? Cliff Clemens. That's the kind of person I'd like to drink with. Last course. How did you find this episode, James? I thought it was a very good way to start the new year of 1984. Mm-hmm. I think for Thanksgiving special, we're thankful we had this episode. We're thankful that it explored the characters so much. Yeah, as you said, did during this uh, chat we've been having, it was a really character-driven episode, and it really delved into some of the sort of speculations we've had over the past few weeks, or episodes. And it was nice to see that come into quite a sort of fleshed-down narrative piece, which, as we've said, it, we didn't see the wedding, but we saw the aftermath, and we saw very personal moments between characters, but ultimately, they valued the friend above all else. How are we going to toast this episode, James? This Thanksgiving episode? I suppose we'd have to have some kind of Thanksgiving-y drink. What's a Thanksgiving drink? Gravy. Grab a nice pint of gravy. What we'll do is, with wedding cake still in our teeth, we'll pick up a standard pint and just be thankful for all you out there who are listening in. This has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Thank you, everyone.